If you haven't done so already, keep walking until you've entered the web of suspension cables and cross stays. Stop and look up above you at what to the outward eye is probably the most magical element of the world's greatest engineering marvel. The bridge's towers stand 276 feet, 6 inches above the water level. The river span itself is 1,595 feet, 6 inches long, with the total span of the bridge very close to 6,000 feet. The scale of this construction was unlike anything that had ever been built anywhere in the world at that time. The unimaginable size of the project made it a symbol for the modern era that was beginning as the 19th century came to a close. But back to the cables. Why that spiderweb design? Well, suspension bridges were new. The engineers were worried, just the way the people involved in that stampede were worried, that it wouldn't stand up. John Roebling, the architect and first engineer of the bridge, made sure that this bridge would stand and that people would trust it. The Roebling family owned a wireworks in New Jersey, and the fact that the family was in the wire business contributed to John Roebling's design of wire suspension cables and to the design of the Brooklyn Bridge overall. The webbed cable design had been tried out by Roebling twice before on a bridge over Niagara Falls and another one quite similar to the Brooklyn Bridge in Cincinnati, Ohio, neither of which still exists. But the Brooklyn Bridge was much greater in scale. The vertical and diagonal wires are technically referred to in the bridge plans as suspenders rather than cables, and they're obviously considerably lighter gauge than the four main cables, but basically they're wire, just the same as the main cables. And all of these suspenders and cables were fashioned in situ from reels of single-strand wire by an extraordinary device designed by the Roeblings which was referred to by the Brooklyn Eagle in its coverage of the construction as the gigantic spinning machine. The spinning machine consisted of a series of wheels about the size of bicycle wheels that traveled back and forth between the towers on a rope cable and carried with them individual strands of wire. There's a diagram of the wire spinning that you can take a look at on a bronze plaque on the north side of the Manhattan Tower. It was extremely important that each wire in the mass of wires that made up a single cable or suspender was the exact right length and in the exact right position, so that when they were twisted and bound together into a single cable, each of them bore an equal amount of the weight. Otherwise, the combined strengths of the wires that made up the cable would be no greater than the individual strands. When it came to putting together the wire that would be used for the cables and the suspenders of the bridge, the first problem was how to make a wire long enough. They wanted a piece of continuous wire that could go back and forth between these two towers. What they ended up doing was designing a system by which the ends of pieces of wire were fitted together. The ends of the wires were designed with a ferrule so that two strands of wire could be crimped together when a reel was about to run out. And indeed, hundreds of wires were crimped together, end on end, effectively enabling them to make an infinitely long wire. The total length of wire in each of the four main cables that hold up the bridge is 3,515 miles. Each cable consists of 5,434 wires, and all told, each of these cables is capable of supporting 
24,621,780 pounds. The greatest weight on a single cable is only about 6 million pounds, which makes the cables four times stronger than they need to be.